all our friends in high and low places and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Life in the Margins podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Tiffany. And I'm Benson. We live a little left of center and a bit unconventionally. No matter where you live, we hope this experience expands your margins. Hey everybody, um, this is Michael here, and um, we're going to finally get the <laughs> intro podcast loaded for you guys. Um, <laughs> we've been uh, a little bit um, lost in a do, so now without a do, like without further ado, now without further ado, we're finally going to bring the first You're podcast so to you. <laughs> Hey, but sometimes there's a lot of ado that you got to get through. <laughs> I don't think that's how you use it. People don't, people don't use it that way, but that's true. you can. Okay. Because when you say without further ado, isn't that what it's... Yeah, I guess. Like I whatever never the thought de- about what ado was. <laughs> whatever <laughs> delays were getting in the way of just living life. Yes. There have um, been a lot of them. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so today's podcast is brought to you without further ado. Um, 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 mommy and daddy, mommy and daddy. Yeah, bud. The beach boy is so funny in here. Yeah. <laughs> beach boy is a gorilla and gorilla. We've got Ben set up with some headphones so that we can get some quiet, and uh, that's not working out. Just yelling over the headphones so that he can tell us about his episode of Teen Titans. So. Yeah, so anyhow. You'll um, hear little interruptions, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so what we're, what we're hoping to get into is a couple of the uh, questions that uh, we crowdsourced a little bit. From our audience of 10, right? <laughs> You're being real generous. I know. Of 10. It may have been 10 <laughs> people who responded in the beginning, but yeah. we're, we probably whittled them on down to about two. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hopefully we can get you guys back on it and get some momentum going. Um, so, yep. anyhow, um, uh, where are we gonna start? We can start with uh, because we uh, won't make the assumption that everyone who eventually is going to um, join us knows who we are yeah. and kind of our intro. So, yeah, probably everybody right now does. Let's probably listen to us right now probably knows us <laughs> yeah <laughs> friends and family you can hear our story again well and hopefully there'll be some things along the way that they won't have known about us that right. they that they discover and learn so um yeah so how do we meet well at work is the short 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 version okay starting with the longer version i guess Okay. So we were both working in residential treatment. Okay, what is residential treatment? For, well, kids and, I was going to say teens, but you were actually working with younger kids. So kids and teens that, you know, couldn't maintain in a home environment or they were there for all kinds of reasons, but basically where kids lived before or if they couldn't handle being in a family, that sort of thing. So we were both in residential staff there Mm -hmm. so it's kids in the foster care system basically that weren't in foster families okay 
Yeah, because... That's how I would describe it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, and maybe there are some people who aren't that familiar with, uh, you know, foster care or anything like that. And so when you say just... Um, perhaps you wouldn't mind breaking down a little bit more of what you mean when you say kids who couldn't maintain in a family, because <laughs> you know, well, yeah, to somebody but I don't want to be not, like I know, but somebody to to someone who's not that familiar to say, you know, if they have a misbehaving child, is that a child who can't maintain <laughs> right, in a family? Right. Well, some days I'm sure it might feel that way. <laughs> no. So I mean, kids who. There was a variety of reasons, so I don't want to make some blanket description of a particular child because that wouldn't be fair. But um, so a variety of reasons um, that kids could be in residential treatment. Residential meaning they lived there and were seeking treatment at the same time. So um, had been removed and hadn't been placed in a foster family yet. Um, their behaviors were too extreme to be able to be in a typical family at that time. Um, you could also go because your biological family needed you to go to residential treatment for, I mean, a variety of reasons, so I don't even really want to get too well, specific. Right. Well, um, I, I mean, kids who would, it could be a step down from being in like a mental health facility, like a psychiatric hospital or something that was more locked down or right. juvenile detention. Things like that, right? Okay, and and, and I and if I may, yeah. Um, the only thing and the reason why I was asking that question is because, you know, we can speak some of the terminology of yeah. having worked in that field, but there are a yeah. lot of people who are unfamiliar with that and who right. have or really don't know or don't even know that there are kids that are in right residential treatment, right? And so, uh, if I if I may not disagreeing with your description. A more succinct um, version that may help people understand a little bit um, is, you know, uh, situations where the state, the government, um, determines that the child's home environment is not a safe situation and it can be due to a variety of things going on in the home, whether it be, you know, a parent who's been in and out of jail, who's struggling with substance abuse. Um, you know, that child being abused. So it can be a variety of things. And basically the state will determine that it's an unsafe environment, predominantly a lot of times, but there can be other reasons. Right, because uh, it could be voluntary as well. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be... Right. Mandated. No, no. Um, I wouldn't call that a more succinct... Well, succinct, no. Succinct. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel it is because... But anyways, whatever. But that's 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 the nut the nuts and bolts of it. Because right. some some people don't realize that there are families who um, have to deal with these things. Right. And this disruption right. to you know, like we know that there are families that are made up a little bit different, and not all people come from two parent households. Um, and that's a more common thing. So I think that there's a general awareness of that now. Yeah. Um, but there are still people who don't under, understand or know what happens when a next of kin isn't available mm -hmm. for a child to stay with. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, what was the other thing I was going to say about it? Oh, so what we did basically was kind of be a surrogate family 
sort of thing. And what you and I did, we did hourly work where we didn't live there, although we have we have done stints of living there to fill in for people. Both mm-hmm. of us have done that. So sometimes, you know, occasionally it was overnight stuff, and more often we just went in and did our shift, but there were live-in staff there as well. So kind of a surrogate group home family situation. Yeah. 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 The uh, For for a big, yeah, a big variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, so. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was pretty much, um, you know, where we met. Um, uh, yeah, and like she mentioned, I was working with um, children. Ten and down. Yeah. Or eleven and down, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and I think one of the youngest, like five. when I was there, was like five. Yeah. I think um, five was the oldest they accepted, or the youngest they accepted. Which was not as common, but it happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where we met. Um and I had been there a few years before mm-hmm. um, Tiffany started working there. And um, I stayed a few years longer than you. <laughs> so yeah. what, we both ended up, th- you ended up there about six years, and I mm-hmm. ended up there about seven and a half total. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. And that's, how, and that's how we met. That's where we met. Yeah. I, I think um, Bobby is boy. That's funny. And, and for for if there's any feel free if there's any follow-up questions of you having more if you're more curious uh, about it uh, beyond the depth that we've gone into with it um, certainly feel free to uh, interact with us and yeah shoot us an email Um, but I feel like that that's a pretty good Mm -hmm. kind of intro on telling about it so and that's uh, where and how we met. Um, well, I'm glad we met at work because. Mama, you know, okay, bud. Okay, bud. We're recording right now. Okay. Try to be quiet. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I mean, I think once you're kind of through going to college and stuff, it gets harder to meet people. So it was nice to be able to. It was a job where there were more people our age too, so that was nice. More single people. It's a good job for single people. It's harder when you're married, for sure. Right. Very. Okay. It, it's definitely an easier job to do if you don't have your own family yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a a very macro level of how we met. Yeah. Now, for some people, they may want to know, and I think probably on a more macro level, kind of the story of our introduction, our meeting, like Even because. Micro. Huh? You mean they want to know more of the micro? I said, I, you said, you didn't, you said, said. no, you said macro again. Okay. Anyway. If, if I did, <laughs> that's not what I meant, but I meant micro of the actual story mm-hmm. because you can be at the same place as somebody, but, you know, that may not have really been your first encounter. And I think that that's kind of the context that the question um, is possibly indicating. I don't, I don't know what you mean. Like what, you want more like more details? Yes. Alright, well go ahead. Why well, I gotta tell it? Because you I was I was satisfied with the explanation we already gave. 
So if you want to have more details, have more details. And I'll chime in. Go ahead. Start it off. <sighs> go ahead. Why can't you tell the story? You brought it up, so go ahead. What do you want to add? Only thing I was going to say was like, okay, that tells where the location was that we met. Uh -huh. um, and indirectly it tells okay. the location. So but, go ahead. Share okay. the play-by-play. Okay, well, I used to work in... At night. You worked midnights yes, when I, I met worked, you. Yes, I worked third shift. And I worked in second. the young children's cottage. Um, and, you know, I... Uh, at this phase and point of my life, I was, I was open to finding and meeting somebody, but, like, you know, I wasn't really... Dating a whole lot of people, but yeah, you know, me neither. I'm not um, dating like two years, three years. I don't know, a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I had um, there was a couple like there was like you know interns and a few new um, child care workers, which is what the the title that um, both Tiffany and I had at our job. Um, that had started and so <clears throat> you know there would be you know a few opportunities to kind of socialize and I w was never particularly a really um, smooth conversationalist <laughs> with um, the ladies and I would looking back on it, I'd say it was just more a lack of practice of developing that skill yeah um, rather than me not having anything that I could talk about just didn't really know how to navigate the, those conversations um and uh so you know we we met and um you know we had we kind of hit it off it wasn't necessarily a love at first sight thing no. but it was definitely um some interest yeah and, and, <laughs> mild and, interest at first sight our well our our <laughs> chemistry of like to even sustain conversation of it being interesting oh I would talk to that person sure. again like it wasn't just like oh, okay well that person's kind of weird I'm gonna avoid them <laughs> or I'll just right. say hi and keep it moving right um, right yeah it was kind of like we wanted to think of things to talk about but neither of us were very good at that I wasn't I wasn't either I don't want to make it like it was just you that was bad at flirting me too yeah, so anyhow, um, so like... So I think what your friend requested me on Facebook at some point during this brief conversation here and there sort of interaction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think you, I think your friend requested me shortly before you did ask me out. Yeah, no, because we talked a little bit on, on Facebook. Yeah. First, like... Yeah, and not, this a was lot. Like, not a lot. This is like at the at the to date this a little bit. This is like at the <sighs> dawn of like when they it wasn't instant messaging, but they had messaging because that was like at the dawn of when when Facebook started having that because it didn't used to have. Uh, it was just more so like you'd you have to comment people? on somebody's page. I think so. Like you I don't, couldn't at all. I mean, I know Messenger just rolled out in the last like two years, but well, they had like the Messenger app. They had messaging. But then they had they added like instant messaging, 
And so I don't know if, if oh, we were Oh, as commenting. opposed to like sending an email to someone right. sort of thing? Yeah, or like you would comment on somebody's page, uh -huh. almost yeah, throwback really to my, MySpace days of like, um, but where everybody could see kind of your correspondence or whatever. But like, I don't know if it was necessarily like that, but it may have, hmm. it wasn't instant really messaging. But anyhow, um, you know, I had kind of established of like, oh, you know, we could maintain some conversation and it was, you know, a certain amount of chemistry and vibe that was there. But it's like, okay, just because you get along or you can have conversation with somebody in a work setting, like for me, I, I didn't know if we could necessarily sustain it outside of that environment. <laughs> Be together forever. Um, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> I wasn't thinking all of that at no. that point. I mean, I um, was because I'm a girl, but not really. You know what I mean? Um, Girls know what I mean. Um, but, you know, um, I was a little bit unsure about, you know, if you would be open to hanging out outside of work and I and I don't even know if we officially called it a date like when we first well not right off the bat that would have been helpful well but because I, I wasn't sure because that was the whole thing I wasn't sure well I didn't really know if calling it a date would have scared you away like because no. a little bit from somewhat of my perspective I didn't know how aggressively you could let your intentions be made known to a girl and she would respond in a positive way like mm -hmm. that that's oh all right you know yeah it's um, always a gamble isn't it <laughs> a little bit i mean nowadays you know folks don't seem to care about that too I much know. there was no tinder then <laughs> <laughs> um but anyhow so yeah so yeah you basically you asked me if i wanted to go to a movie on our day off yeah on Facebook. Yeah, and I remember, like, it wasn't, because, and maybe there was Instant Messenger, because I, don't I, remember. I remember when I sent that message to you, there was, it seemed like a really long time before you responded. It was probably, like, 30 seconds. Or it was probably, like, me sitting there with, like, five friends, like, okay, can I respond now? Like, no, not with five friends, with Christy. I was like, about to say that. I know, just with that's, Christy. That's, a, that's <laughs> Hi, an Christy. exaggeration. Um, you know, like waiting for an appropriate amount of time to have passed before I could message you back. Yeah, well, I just was, <laughs> well, I was just hoping that, you know, like I said, it would, there's a difference between, okay, you're cool to talk to at work. It's a whole other thing to hang out with you outside of work, and it's just... That's true you guys you know yeah um <laughs> and yeah. so well and we had never hung out in like a group or anything like that we just kind of like yeah actually, started yeah, dating well, <laughs> we I, didn't have a group of friends that we didn't have mutual friends really like well a we, had, we had one or two mutual friends at work yeah. but we hadn't hung out in a group or anything like you had hung out with people and i had hung out with people but i don't think we ever did anything yeah, no, and, and, and definitely not, that point. not off of the campus, like, because there was mm -hmm. a few times of, like, you know, where you and Hez, like, we, we all kind of socialized together, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, like, going to go and do something. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, so we didn't have, like, a mutual friend group, and that makes it harder. Kind yeah. of. I mean, it kind of makes it harder and kind of doesn't, because when you have a mutual friend group, then you really do think a lot of times you're hanging out as friends. Yeah. And that 
that space lasts longer. Whereas if you just ask me out and no one else is going and it's just you and me, it's a little bit more obvious that it was a date. Right. Which yeah. I found helpful. Yeah, no, and, and there was It was a, probably better that we didn't have a group of friends. You know what I mean? If we had hung out in, like, a group for, like, a year, that could have really prolonged things. <laughs> right, well, and, and there was a point, too, of where I feel, for me, it was good to be able to be more direct, but not like, okay, you know, you need to marry me tomorrow type of thing. But oh, like, yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> no, I... Yeah, but a little bit, I have... You know, because like I said, I hadn't been on a lot of dates, but I've been on a few and a little bit because of our background and upbringing. I think it very much primes you to be like, find the person you're going to marry, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, you should be thinking, especially as you're maturing and you feel like you're ready for it. You should be thinking with that kind of intention about dating right if that's what you want right yeah and that's what i mean like you're mature and you feel like you're ready for a serious relationship Mm -hmm. but you know you have to also accept that you don't really necessarily know where things are going to go and you have to go down that path and trail and find out Mm -hmm. like um and so but anyhow um yeah i think i think it was good for me to be able to um, you know, I feel like mature into that adult space of like, um, you know, letting you kind of know that, yeah, you know, I'd like to date you or, and this is what it is. Like, I'm not, you know, trying to play ambiguous games about the nature of our relationship yeah which was good because you know um, i'd had enough of that <laughs> you know um and so yeah so we mm. went to um, movies to, go to to the movies mm-hmm. well and i wasn't sure if it was a date and i was really nervous about that mm-hmm. and <laughs> my anxiety as the story goes made you feel a lot better about your anxiety oh yeah i, I was <laughs> I was at ease. Thanks for that. I was at ease once I talked to you to like, cause we had kind of confirmed, confirmed yeah. and I could hear the anxiety in your voice, and like yeah. that really put me at ease. I, I'm, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm only partially sorry. Like, You're I'm not sorry, sorry to at say all. it. You're not sorry at all. But I was like, yeah. oh, that that took all the pressure off of me mm-hmm. after that because <laughs> it's like if she's this nervous, like. I'm I'm in in good shape So anyway we went to the movie You paid for the movie So that was my first like clue that it was Like a date and not just hanging out Yeah I mean but in a little bit I'm a little bit Old fashioned that way of Well I'm not Like well and I And I don't feel I feel like a lot of those social Situations have evolved now Where there's more of that But, like, you know, the way that I grew up and was brought up, like, 
that wasn't necessarily as much of a scenario. It's like if you sure. invite somebody out to do something, then of course you're going to pay. Whether right. you technically would call that a date or right. Well, I didn't really care whatever. so much about like, I wasn't like, oh, he paid for it and good. That's a good sign. That's what a man should do. Like not even, a, not even that. Just, it was just like a clue to me. Like, oh, okay, I think this is really a date. Like, cause he paid for the movie tickets. So I think this like, he, this is a date date and not just like, hey, do you want to hang out? So that, and then, well, during the movie, you did hold my hand. So then I was like, okay, cool. This is a real date. Unless you're just a jerk. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. Still, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still... Still for, deciding. For the jury is out. For possible discovery somewhere <laughs> down the road. Well, well, too late now. Um, but yeah, so anyways, that was... Yep. We went and saw a horrible movie. It wasn't that bad. It was horrible. Because... It was not bad. I didn't know anything about these characters are superheroes like I had not read any of the comic books what was it or called? anything Watchmen oh yeah the Watchmen like and it was kind of like dark comic hero stuff yes. like and like I said I knew nothing about any of these characters I had never read anything never seen any animated cartoon shows about them so it was completely blind and there was so there was no level of familiarity and then particularly to me they weren't that great at characters great. To, to draw you in. Um, so, yeah, it was the movie was kind of a flop to me, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I'm sure the fans of the comics liked it just fine. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe they hated it. But, yeah, no, it wasn't great. And then we went to Panera and talked for a while after. Mm -hmm. And that was the part we were like, oh, are we going to have anything to talk about? Yeah. And no, we did. Yeah. We talked for hours. Right, right. And, um... I think one of the other questions that was like when we first met was there a lot of uh, let me see, I'll read it like here. me it too says, moments right when you first but not like a hashtag met, me too moment <laughs> <laughs> were our social political slash spiritual convictions very similar or not was it a lot of <laughs> quote unquote me too right away um, I would say yes and no yeah yes and no um, politically, like, we, we didn't really have any political conversation at that time. No, it took a while, actually. Um, Confession, though, I was a Republican 10 years ago. And it's my deepest, darkest secret. And, and a little bit what we may have conversed about that would have been in a little bit in the domains of political things. I think because of your being a little bit more attached to Republican ideology mm -hmm. at that time. Don't don't say that too mu too much. Embarrassing. It's <laughs> like I know. And, and there's I a know. whole other story about that. Yeah, which we'll I'm get sure at some we'll point get into we'll, that. We'll, we'll get into. <laughs> um, but you know, there was some conversations where you definitely had a different worldview, and so yeah, I had to just kind of let that be because. We weren't really in agreement about, um, you know. But why did some you choose things? to let that be? Like, cause I'm like now where I'm at now, I wouldn't like if I was dating someone right now, I wouldn't let it be. It would be a deal breaker. Well, why wasn't it? I think the reason. I mean, why... you've gotten more progressive over the years too. So I mean, you were yeah, no. voting Democrat at that point, but you weren't like. Neither of us were, obviously me, but you either weren't as progressive 
then as you are now. Well, well, and and I would say at that time the reason I wasn't was just because how ignorant my upbringing and environment had caused me to be politically. Right. Same. Um. But I also think that there's also another layer as being an African-American, like a, a realization of being disenfranchised. I think many, many times when you think of people who are disenfranchised, you think of people who, um, you know, don't have any education and who are like really scrubbling right. on the bottom. But I think that there's a whole lot of people who are politically disenfranchised. And I would include that of people who are uh, politically ignorant and unaware and not knowledgeable about what's going on, terminology mm-hmm. or things. You are disenfranchised. And whether that be by your own personal choice mm-hmm. or just due to the circumstances of how you were raised in the environment you came up in. I think that will qualify you and those who are politically disenfranchised. Sure. But and, and it has a spectrum because, you know, I you know, my father like I believe that they he would vote during national elections. Nothing locally mm-hmm. and we never really discussed politics in our home. Mm-hmm. Like and so that's the other thing and and the extent really of political conversation was pray for the leaders of our land. And so that was, it was that, and then the uh, larger echoes of rumblings was, you know, um, a bent towards conservatism, which has in the past pointed you more in the direction of Republican. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, not even pointed you in the direction, required it. Well, yeah. Explicitly. Yeah, especially with... Among some circles, <laughs> uh, evangelical white circles, I will I will say more explicitly. Yeah. Oh yeah, but evangelicalism at large, and you would the the most Democrats you would meet in those circles would be black um, evangelicals. If you know, if there was a departing, oh yeah, just how much that was kind of the um, the social norms. To be I mean, I remember being told as a child by, like, people in our church. or my, I don't know if my parents said it or not because we, we weren't real political in our family either. But, like, that it was okay. There was, like, um, there was, like, a black church in our area who their kids all went to our Christian school. And, like, I remember specifically the... Clinton Bush election was when I was in second grade and we did a whole mock mm-hmm. election thing in school or whatever and I remember all of the kids from this church their whole group like they were all voting democrat and mm-hmm. I remember being told by like I don't know teacher or somebody like that that was different that was okay because they were black and like black people usually voted democrat Mm-hmm. And so it was very much like there were a lot of little things like that where it was like, this is the conservative thing that we do as white people. But if black Christians choose to do something a little bit different, like they have their reasons and that'll be that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I remember getting that message loud and clear as a child, like it's OK for black people to be Democrats, but not you. Mm-hmm. Loud and clear, like but white Christians vote for Bush. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so that's a whole other episode. Yeah, and so yeah, <laughs> we're we're not gonna get down that trail too much, but that no. was kind of the, the extent of political discussion that we had um, at that time. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we didn't really even cover that on the on the first. No, day I don't think we talked about politics even, at all. We talked we talked a lot about religion though. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, well, because religion was such a, a huge thing um, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. um, it, it superseded. Well, and the we should mention, I guess, that the place that we worked at is faith-based as well. So it was our daily work life as well was pretty based in Christianity. Yeah. So it, it's, well, yeah. And the way that we grew up, religion... Um, set the framework for everything your social <laughs> your social viewpoint absolutely. and your politics absolutely um, rather than it and being, your love life especially yeah, your love life <laughs> rather it being a blend of these perspectives absolutely it was definitely a more dominant yeah um, well because it wasn't one compartment it was the umbrella over all of the compartments of your life mm-hmm. yep so, um, yeah, and so uh, I, I think socially, um, and you know, and I guess that line can be a little bit blurry between um, your social views and, and political views, especially nowadays. But um, uh, socially, there wasn't a lot of um, difference um, of you know. Um, being used to being around people who are, I guess are different than you like mm-hmm. um, well we both I mean we met in Ohio but we were both from areas of the country that were a lot more diverse than Ohio mm-hmm. so that was a non-issue between us two it wasn't like right. oh I've been raised out here in the country in the white country <laughs> well and and even with like because the you know like the neighborhood that I grew up in mm-hmm was predominantly a black neighborhood. I, I actually I can't even really recall any white people who lived on our block. Mm. Um but, you know, we did a lot of traveling and a lot of right. the religious experiences brought us into predominantly white spaces. Sure. And once the uh Christian school that my parents ran, uh once they closed that down, um a lot of even the other schools that I attended that were Christian um, schools, because I, I never went to public school, um, were predominantly white schools. Like, it would mm-hmm. be maybe me and a handful, less than a handful, like two or three other mm-hmm. um, student, minority students in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I you know, I had a lot of experiences with... Um, um, being around a lot of different types of people and then being like what you were, I feel were alluding to, like particularly with growing up uh, not too far um, south of my, or not too far south of Miami, you know, there was a lot of, you know, Hispanic people who mm-hmm. lived there um, and, you know, Haitians, Jamaicans, like mm-hmm. uh, Asians, you know. Yeah. Is in that way is much more kind of a melting pot of you would and you would see people out and about. Oh and, yeah. Um Right. Well and I'm from New Jersey, so that is a huge melting pot. Right. 
mean. So, I mean, I don't know my immediate friend group, like people that I really like was friends with and interacted with was probably, I mean, was limited to Christian, I would say. Um, even though we were, you know, New Jersey is full of lots of other faiths mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, my friend group was pretty limited to like black, white, Hispanic, and a little bit Asian, mm-hmm. a little bit. And so it's weird because it's like our church was super, super conservative and I would call it segregated and I would call it racist. There's a, I had a lot of experiences with racism, even in New Jersey. So it's not like the presence of diversity eliminates racism. That's, mm-hmm. that's a misnomer. Right. But still, I wouldn't trade the experience of growing up around lots and lots and lots of different people. Like I was freaked out when I moved here. Mm-hmm. And it was just so, so, so white. And then if you brought that up, people were like, there are black people here. And it's like, that's not diversity. Like having two black people in a group is not diversity. Like, I don't understand what's, why are there so many white people? I was afraid, like I was afraid that I had inadvertently moved to somewhere where the KKK was still running the town. Like that was one of my greatest fears about moving to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that's what had happened. I didn't know the areas of the country were still, that were not in the South. Like, I thought that about, like, the Deep South. But I didn't think that really about the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what the heck is going on? And, yeah, it's still, like, I don't care for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and the, the I guess the other thing that I was going to, you know, hit on about that, and I think it's um, really good. And I, I don't know who submitted the question, yeah, but um, the they use the word conviction, so I'm sure that it's a per a person who comes from um, a religious background. Sure, because of the word conviction. Right, because and that and I think it's a, an important word as a as a linchpin in kind of answering yeah. this question, um, because um, so often when you come from church environments. Um, you know, you, you'll be familiar with that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times when you are second generation, um, like both of us were. Second generation what, church folk? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Christian church folk. I guess for um, me it would be third then. Yeah, I mean, and it was, I, I think technically more, yeah, technically yeah. more than that for me as well. But um in the sense of having association with the church, like you weren't the first people who began to go to church or you were born and raised saved. in the church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with your pa- sure. with your parents having been involved mm-hmm. and connected with church. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> sure. Then yeah, I guess second for both of us. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, um, I think many times when that's your experience um, uh, you are going through that phase and I never went through it to the uh, I would say even really the extremes that some of maybe my peers or other people who were around me went through of, but trying to figure out what it is that you believe yourself oh, yeah. I, in essence I think what other people would say they would term it your beliefs 
that sure. you have or your worldview sure. rather than convictions. I think convictions is kind of more of a church, mm-hmm. church word, church terminology. Yeah. Um, right. And that's really hard if you've been born and raised in church. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like I go through a... All right. Thanks, bud. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I continue to, you know, go through that every, I don't know, every 10 years or so of, yeah. like, <laughs> reassessing, like... Well, and so, yeah, I think that a part of the process of you growing up, yes, there's the things in the way that, that you were taught and raised, right. but you have to figure out what are things that you internalize more or that you believe for yourself. Like, right. Because there's some internalization that happens just because it was in your environment and what the only thing Which is unavoidable really for everyone. Right. Um, but as you grow older, like, you have to decide what you really think about mm-hmm. some of those things. Um, <laughs> I, okay. I'm laughing because I think for... A, a lot of people that really just morphs into like confirming what they've been raised with Mm -hmm. or going, I guess what the church would consider, you know, off the deep end, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like just turning their backs on it. So it seems like people kind of tend to do one or the other, like turn their backs on it or go with it and, you know, then raise their children in the same way that they were right. raised. So I think you and I are a little bit different with that. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of forged our own way and... And still are. Yeah, still very like much. It's not, it's not like, <laughs> very it's, much still in limbo on it's, that. It's not a completed journey. But so <laughs> my reason for, for bringing that up and yeah. particularly picking that out out of the question was... Um, there was in my upbringing very much my religious experience Mm -hmm. was we were a subset and subculture of of mainstream Christianity and religion Um, and well that was a really I think that that was really helpful that we had that in common because I think we were both nervous about basically sharing that we had been raised in cult-like environments. Well, well, if right. I can dive Be- in and say that. Well, yeah, because I feel the there, there's a lot of um, fear that is put in you um, and you know, that you have to choose somebody from within the circles that you grew up in. Right. Meeting someone at work was out of the Uh, question how I was, how I was raised. Well, and it's like, yeah, you can say you're a Christian, but, you know. Anyone can say that. They could just be trying to get into the Target bathroom. (laughs) You you can basically get into what I found that other people call, uh, you know, more theological discussions of, you know, how many works of grace do you believe in? (laughs) You know, do you believe that once saved all, like you have to have all of these kind of questions for them before you you can fellowship And had you met me a couple years earlier, you probably would have received some of those questions. (laughs) 
You still might have. I don't know. I've kind of blocked that. Well, you might have. We've talked about stuff like that, but I don't think either of us put it on the table as a deal breaker. Right. And, and the other p reason, too, why I wanted to bring it up is because, you know, we came from different um, subcultures mm -hmm. that very much would have primed us to be because both of us would have been outsiders of our particular right. subcultures. Right. There would have been some wariness and like, oh, you can't really trust them or, you oh, know, definitely. Um, trying to uh, gauge some works of like, okay, the proof that this person Another is really a Christ. Christian. Another Christ. Um, you know, and so um, in recognizing some of those similarities was actually a good point for us yes. to be able to bond and, and that we were both open enough at that point in time. Right. And, and I've been always been very much of a person who recognizes patterns and, and there were mm -hmm. like, and Me I too. had, uh, you know, because very much when you come from environments like we came from, um, there's a lot of assumptions about other people and mm -hmm. a lot of indoctrination of uh, shaping the way you think to think that we are the one true church oh, yeah. and you know other people don't really know God or they may profess him with their mouth and you know all of these types of things um, yep. that <laughs> that can only can only really stand up to that person ever experiencing and having conversations with other people. Well, that's why you have to stay so cloistered. Uh, yeah. It, you know, <laughs> it, you have a very segregated experience that right. you aren't really allowed to test your beliefs to really see yeah. how valid they are. Yeah. You basically create silos of information that are self-confirming, which is a lot of the things that people are talking about now in the political sense. Sure. Of you know, <laughs> like, you yes, just we're very familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear what you want to hear, right? Um, and never exposed to ideas and people who believe or think differently, mm -hmm. and then even considering those things because mm -hmm. very much so when you come from that type of environment, it's a rejection of anything other than what you know. Like that's oh, the way yeah. you're you're conditioned and programmed to be. Absolutely. Um, well, I think you brought up three keywords, conditioned, programmed, and indoctrinated. Yeah. And I feel like if any of those things are like at play, you need to rethink where you're at. Oh, certainly, certainly. <laughs> um, yeah, but so that was one of the bigger things and point of connection because it was a lot of work for me to even really consider um, marrying somebody who was not from the church of right. god evening light because like right. i said there was a lot of either overt or um inexplicitly implied mm -hmm. that that is what you should do mm -hmm. um and so and I wasn't talking about somebody who didn't know God or had. Oh had yeah, no, it's just just a different denomination. Just, yes, yeah. just somebody no, from a different church. No, how I grew up, that church. was that was a really big deal too. And then, and I was in at that time, um, what was kind of a step down 
from the kind of conservative, a, a pretty big step down from the kind of conservatism I'd grown up in, but still within the same denomination with, I would say, almost all of the same theological beliefs, just some different like social and lifestyle beliefs. Like mm-hmm. I could wear pants in this church, which was huge and just like rocked everything I thought I knew about God. Like that's how indoctrinated mm-hmm. I grew up. So to so for me, it was not even like that was a huge thing. And I hadn't even left any of the theology or denomination, de- denominational beliefs at that point. So and so still that was pretty expected was to um, be with someone who believed the fine points of theology the same as you. That was still important where I was when I met you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, so I think that... But we didn't really talk about that, though, at that time. We didn't. Mm -mm. No, but I was kind of in a... I wasn't there for very long, because remember, I had moved. So I wasn't in that for very long before I went to a different denomination church for the first time. Not became a part of a different denomination church for the first time. Mm -hmm. It, it, It had been a lot of years of looking and questioning and transitioning and studying for me leading up to meeting you probably like five years of picking apart what I had been raised with but basically I'm just a person that picks things apart so I've been doing that since I was you know born mm-hmm. that's just who I am I just pick at threads until they unravel or don't and then I judge their merit on whether they unraveled or not so so I think, no, I think that that was good for us. So I don't think we were exactly the same, going back to the question. We weren't totally on the same page, but it wasn't something we were, like, fighting over or putting on the table as, like, a deal breaker. Although, in retrospect, you probably should have had a few things about me that were deal breakers, like, because my politics were too conservative. And can you imagine, but, though, if I had stayed as conservative as I was then, like, how much we would be fighting right now? Well, <laughs> but... You know, in that regard, I I think I was still at a pretty, going back to my comment about and coming to the realization that I was disenfranchised politically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once I moved up here to to Ohio, like there were some family friends we would, um, on Sundays when I was uh, still attending church in a more regular fashion, Sometimes after church, when we we would we would all eat together, um, and oftentimes, you know, they would be talking about different um, current events in the world and things that were going on, and and even political discussion. And I always was just, uh, you know, really really quiet when those uh-huh. conversations because I didn't really know, and right. like I I hate to say on some levels, but the extent of the things that I really cared about were a lot more directly related to sports. Like sure. I, I was. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of that comes with just age, you know, cause when did you and I really start, I would say getting into politics more as like, a, Oh, this is something we should actually be into. That wasn't until what the 2012 election 
season. Well, yeah, and that's what that's I was, when you and I started like watching documentaries well, and reading and changing well, and, and, and I was I was interested in history, but like I said, I I hadn't made all the the dots and the connections, and so like in that regard, as being a politically engaged and aware person, right. I was not really that way. Well. But I um, think I think you and I were both at a space where we thought that we weren't political and we had to realize that we were because it's like, obviously we cared about social issues. Social work was the field that we were, right. you know, in school for and working in. So we, Ben, shh, 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 shh. So obviously we cared about social issues. Obviously we cared about religious issues. Mm-hmm. Obviously we cared about racial issues. Mm-hmm. I cared a lot about women's issues. That's what I went to school for. And mm-hmm. I was deeply involved in like rape crisis and domestic violence work and stuff like that. So I think that we still would have said like, oh, we're not really into politics. Well, but I think we just had to mature a little bit to realize like this is all political. Right. No, but yeah, I, I think that the dots weren't really connected right. yet of understanding how when the Democrats are the left or the right, let's put it in that way. Right. Not necessarily picking on those particular parties, but um, when the left or the sure. right are arguing about these issues, like how does that, what is the real world application for the mm-hmm. things that we care about? And so I think that there are a lot of people, and that's what I said, going back to my comment about people who I would classify them as being politically disenfranchised, there are a lot of people who are like that. Mm-hmm of they don't understand what all the arguing is about and how it relates to things that matter to them. Right, right. And you sort of believe that it's not, like it doesn't really affect your day-to-day life. Like, oh, you'll do what you do, but this is real life down here with the common folk. Right. So. And and that's, and I've come to learn that that's Mm -hmm. highly inaccurate. Oh, yeah. Right, same. Um, yeah, know. and I think that came with education and maturity for us. Right. Uh, Bottom line. Well, and yeah, and, and like I said, I, I would attribute a lot more of that to the fact that I was never really uh, made to understand mm-hmm. the connection it had uh, and the implications it had for real people, right? And and their lives. Same. Um, it was just kind of more existential argument, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know. Yep. Um, me too. And so I think that in that way, um, you know, b- and before that time. Like, I wouldn't have really classified myself as being politically disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, you know, I wouldn't know who the president was. Like, right. And, you know, some general things, like when we went over the Gulf War. Like, you know, like... Well, and the, I grew up in a military family, so in that way, I guess I felt well, like I knew what was going on you know, with stuff. And, and, <laughs> and my father was in the Air Force, but, like... And we would go to see the air shows and stuff, but he wasn't like rah rah military mm-hmm. guy, like you know some people who are in military families are. We were, we were in a um, pretty involved military family. Um, you know, I think 
he definitely had a, a measure and level of respect, you know, for the military and, and you know, he really loved the, the fighter jets and the airplanes mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, and so that was still a bit of a holdover where you get to see mm-hmm. that facet of him. And, mm-hmm. um, but there were, um, we, we didn't really have those kind of discussions mm-hmm. because, because I, okay. um, I think for, you know, a lot of people, you know, politics is is too messy, and you'll have mm-hmm. disagreements. Well, and it's you can't. impolite. It's like politics and religion, right? Stay away from those subjects. <laughs> what, like, what else is there to talk about? I mean, there's there's a lot of <laughs> other stuff to talk shallow about. stuff, I guess. No, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about, but I think you ha- we have to have conversations about politics and religion. For me, politics and religion is the umbrella over all other things so i mean unless you keep it super super light like let's talk about i don't know i don't know something really super light your favorite tv show or something i I don't know what serious topic there is that isn't impacted by politics and religion so if you're going to have a serious conversation i feel like it almost has to be a part of it Mm -hmm. because it's really integral so i don't know that's just me but i'm really bad at small talk i usually launch right into politics and religion I take that social rule and I do the opposite. Well, <laughs> and, and I and I guess this is kind of kind of the final piece, and I and I don't want to get too bogged down in this in this particular yeah, thing because we're at the end of our time, it. and then we can get into some of these other questions in our next um, next episode. But you know, I think that uh, I heard, I believe it was like uh, Rob Bell talking about it. But like, oh, Rob Bell, Ooh, you've done um, it now. <laughs> but <laughs> of thinking about politics as just lost the, the way that we organize ourselves right. to get the things that we need. That is um, accurate. And, and I think that political discussions can be had with respect for a person. Like, I understand that people don't have to agree with me. Right. Like, I'm under no illusion or expectation. Matter of fact, uh, I, I have some debates often with uh, one in particular of my family members um, <laughs> regarding this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I still I still love him, you know, very much. And it, it doesn't change that, um, you know. So I, I think that you can discuss these um, subjects and topics and, and respect somebody and, and not feel like people have to think like what I do. Sure. Um, and if we talk about it in an intellectually honest way, mm-hmm. perhaps we can find common ground that we can move forward together on. But so too many times, I don't think that there is intellectual honesty mm-hmm. going on in the debates about these issues. And it devolves into something that mm-hmm. is very unproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, you don't have to like me. You don't have to agree with my ideas mm-hmm. or anything like that. But, um, you know, there still can be, you know, civility and diplomacy in discussing subjects and things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and so, uh, 
I feel that those kind of conversations can be had, but I know that we are, a lot of people feel like, I feel that there's a greater awareness of how divided (laughs) we as Americans have always been, Mm -hmm. but just a lot of times because of these unwritten rules of, you know, you can't talk about politics or religion or talk about, you know, in honesty about your experiences or that or the way things are for, to you from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say you as being a woman, mm-hmm. the realities of the experiences of women. Like, women have been telling men for some time, but men and the world at large really have not been listening, you right. know, are not responding in appropriate measures about mm-hmm. it. Like, and so it leads to revolution. Like, uh, you know. Um, right. And so I think that in all of these things um, we have to listen you know to one another um, and have a willingness to be open and I I guess I guess we just did I mean I don't know how intentional that was but I guess we just did because we both changed a lot probably me even more and I would say you had a big influence on that it wasn't the only influence but it was a big influence yeah, and so I, I, I mean, I had a lot of other reasons. Hi, so we realized that we got cut off, and so now we just wanted to bring um, our first episode to a close and um, get this published for you guys who've been patiently waiting. Yes, and we'll uh, we'll get used to our timing and you know wrap it up before we get cut off in the future. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah, and basically it was just a matter that you can have a maximum of of our segments and we weren't aware of that. And so we were yapping on and then we came to the realization that it had cut off (laughs) on us. Yeah. Um, But rather than re-record it, we would just thought we'd pop back on here, say thank you for listening to our first episode and we'll get better with time as we get used to uh, talking on the microphone and recording our conversations with each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we will, uh, and hopefully we'll we'll plan to get like a, a scheduled routine yes. of so you can know when to expect yes. the drop. We That's haven't <laughs> we haven't fully worked that out yet, yeah. but we do have um, our email that so you guys can email. Yes, you can email us, us at lifeinthemarginspodcast at gmail dot com if you have any questions or comments. Um, you can yes. just comment on our Facebook link. Yes, under and please, this post. please, once you listen. We would love to hear your feedback. <clears throat> any any feedback yep. um, would be great. So, Alrighty. I guess until next time, yep. um, we'll see you.